Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Fight your roll to Team Ferrari. Team Ferrari. Team what? Team Farsi. Just two people. Just two. But it's Just two people. But it's fine. Yo. Anyway. Shout out to Red Bull. Team Red Bull. Team Red Bull. Where you at? Team Red Bull. Those are two people. <laughs> okay. So we'll be doing a Formula One discussion here. <laughs> if for some reason you are around the Labadi Beach Hotel area, you're in traffic, come on, make a detour. Come and join us here. We are talking Formula One. We'll also talk some African games, right? That's yes. happening in Rabat. Yes, that's uh, a critical one we'll be looking at. I mean, um, 13 medals already for Team Ghana. They're looking good. But we have to ask ourselves the question, why are Ghanaians all of a sudden very, very interested in this? And they seem to be reacting so positively to what the guys did. Four by hundred meters, really, the men did well. And even the ladies who had issues in dropping the baton, people did have some sympathy for them. So we'll be just getting to those issues, why that's happening. And do we have any more medals? Because it looks like we can do some magic <laughs> before the final day. Yeah, the final day is tomorrow. Um, some of the analysts feel that the 13 medals is all Ghana will get from the games. <laughs> you know, because we've been getting them from weightlifting and boxing and um, things like that. Athletics. Athletics and all those events are over. Okay. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be seguing into the football. There's a lot happening in, in Europe. We've had the best awards given to um, Virgil van Dijk. Manchester United are selling everybody on offer. What's happening to them? That'll be on the, in the final uh, bit of, of the show. Also, this is first take on Joy 99.7 FM. But as we said, we are starting with F1, George. Yeah, so let's get into F1. But before we do that, we've got our colleagues still here. We hear from Hans Mensa and Shorty. Hans is here. Benedict Abuso as well yeah. uh, is, is in the house. So we'll be getting to all of that later. But we'll have to get into the Formula 1 business. So, Kwabnapo, just try me. Uh, let us put the hands together for Kwabnapo. Let's be doing a good give, job. Give and him a round put it together. Of this, said all of that. Charlie, you, you're a star, man. Kopnab, uh, we are stars. You, let's give him some position right now. Is Kopnab the face of F1 in Ghana right now? Please, please, give it up for him. We are making him the face of F1 right now. I mean, there have been lots of F1 fans over the years, died in the wool and all that, but to actually get them organized into the movement we are seeing, you know, getting Instagram views of a million and over, it takes some doing. It happened and Lewis Hamilton himself. You see... Lewis React Hamilton, to your video I mean, yeah. and repost. No, 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 no. Getting no. Lewis Hamilton to type me that no, no. on Instagram. Serena Williams. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. You know, no, all no, of no, them no. were commenting and all that. Matter. So, Kapna, before we go into the rivalry that we have here, um, tell us a bit more about what we should expect at the F1 viewing party on Sunday. So, um, Sunday will be the 13th, round 13th for uh, season and we are at Starbucks, uh, Leicester Square, Airport City. So, the race that starts at 1. But um, we'll be there from uh, 11 a.m. going. Uh, lunch is open, buffet, there's music. Um, we're watching on big screens. And the team is all coming over to Starbucks. You know, after the, 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 the Lewis Hamilton effect and the Formula One effect, the interest has actually gone up. And we've already started planning for 2020 season. And, uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great ride. Abadi 
Beach Hotel. Just join as uh, partners for Formula One viewing party. They are hosting three events. Yeah, before yeah, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. You know, over here. I mean, we're actually having, we, we were taking off the Pan Grand Prix for the season because it's 5 a.m. in Ghana. But Labadi Beach is actually hosting that Grand Prix viewing party. It's going to be a breakfast viewing party okay. over here on the 13th of October. Yeah. And then uh, also on the... 3rd of November, we are having the United States Grand Prix over here, and the 17th of November, the Brazilian Grand Prix also over here. So, Labadi will host three events for the end of the year. Okay, that's, that's excellent, George. Straight um, away, so let's get into it. Let let's me get into it. Let, let me hand over the microphone to the Ferrari guys. <laughs> Ferrari, why are you? I mean, let's. Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, I want to do that. You see, out of because we don't want any trouble, yeah. we should be having a balance, <laughs> choosing. In a cup or something for who should speak first? No, you know, Gary, going to veto. Gary, Gary, because Ferrari have a lot to explain. Okay, Mercedes are running away with this chap. They are running far away. So, what the Ferrari guys? Ferrari, okay. let me hand over the microphone to you. Is there anything you can do to change it? Let's forget about even the Belgian Grand Prix. Is there anything you can do to turn anything around, or you just have to give up throwing the towel? Well, you never give up until it's over. Never say die until the bones are rotting. Um, this was uh, an anniversary year for us. So we really had our, our, our motto was mission win now. And it should have been the year of recovery. But uh, things didn't take a good turn. Whichever way it is, we haven't given up until the last race. Are you sure you haven't given up? Well, yeah, you don't, as you said, you don't yeah, but, give up. But it's where this is going now. Well, it's also motorsports. Yeah, where this is going anything now? Anything can happen. Anything uh, can happen. Okay. I mean, Lewis could have an Indian failure like Malaysia to it. <laughs> <laughs> anything can happen. So, so yeah. that's what you are praying for now, okay? I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're praying. You want it to rain again. It will rain. Yeah. Confusion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, another Ferrari guy, then we go straight to Mercedes because they are, they are the guys. Okay, let's, let's go straight to. Now, tell me, you, you should be feeling very proud. Oh yes, um, it's been very difficult this year, even though Mercedes has been running away with it. It's not been an easy time, you know. Even um, Lewis Hamilton himself is having challenges from his own teammate, uh, Bottas. This is the 13th Grand Prix and, you know, 13, the number 13 is a bad one. <laughs> so anything can go wrong. But be it as it may, if you look at the Ferraris in free practice today, it looks like they are really back. Yeah. Because if anything at all, this race and the next race should be a Ferrari circuit yeah. and they should win. Yeah. And I'm expecting the club to win. It. I will be absolutely happy if I'm a team just on the podium. <laughs> That's my gut feeling. That's, that's really, that's really yeah. Listen, okay, let's hear from the lady from Mercedes as well. Toy. So, um, just as my colleague said, my fellow Mercedes fan, Lewis is going to storm ahead. What he does, which is great that a lot of drivers don't do, he just picks up all the nuggets the people lose behind. So whatever went wrong last year, he has fixed it. And he's, he's ready and he's on par. Um, Belgium's not a very good um, uh, circuit for him, so he's only won three. So this will be a fourth attempt. And when he wins a fourth one, that will be it. It will just ricochet, ricochet, ricochet till he's beaten all of Michael Schumacher's records and he is the number one full stop. A quick reminder that Hamilton has 81 victories from 241 and he's closing the gap on Schumacher's record of 91. So that is, that is what she's talking about. And uh, no, just like, so at, at any point... Hmm? Would you expect Lewis Hamilton to move to Ferrari? Because that's like the Real Madrid. Lewis-
and, and you have to. Said, Lewis is a racing driver. He's a fan of the sport Formula One. It happens to be that Mercedes have him at the moment. He is an individual, and Ferrari is the Tifosi. We give them credit. There's so much that Ferrari have done, but who wouldn't? I mean, he's a five-time world champion. You know, why not end his golden years at Ferrari? But but there's a feeling that you see, like 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 in football, there's a feeling that. If you don't play for the big clubs, you've not. And 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 you should. Are you ready to allow him to go to Ferrari? If you look, if you listen to what he's been saying, um, he's going to be around for quite a bit. And once he's managed to get uh, Schumacher, Kappel, then the rest is like sleeping, and he can go to Ferrari for one or two years and walk into the center. But but he's saying that he wants to bring diversity into the sport. So we are going to see plenty of him when he returns. And maybe we can get one of our boys driving us from our one car very soon. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ferrari is an institution. You can never be in a sport where you haven't attained the highest mark without an accolade from the Scuderia. So whichever way it is, we in Ferrari know that one day Hamilton will come knocking on our door. Not he, he will because, come knocking on your door. Yes. He will come. Yes. For the badge. Historic purposes. For the brand. Yeah. Is it not because Mercedes is not good, but because Ferrari is an institution. Yeah. So. No, no, no. No, please keep the microphone. Yes. Oh, oh. You can charge us. We'll pay membership no, when, uh, please, please be reminded when <laughs> Hamilton comes to Ferrari, we in Ferrari we are an institution. Yeah. Whereas Mercedes, they have dichotomies. They have Team Hamilton, and Team Bottas, they that. have Team Toto Wolf, they have Team Paddock. <laughs> so when they are coming, as Hamilton comes, you definitely bring. All of them, with and they are welcome. We we'll open our arms for them to come into the institution. Let, let, let's. We've looked at the general um, nature of things. Let me ask you a specific question. What do you think is the problem with Ferrari? Well, uh, what's, the, what's the technical challenge with Ferrari or everything else? Okay, so this way I'll get a bit technical. But sure. I'll try and break it down. Please uh, do. Fundamentally, the car isn't producing enough downforce. That's basically the air running over the car, pushing yeah. the car to the ground. Um, this year, there was a rule change for the front wing design. And Ferrari took a, a design turn which didn't really pan out. The car is efficient yeah. in what it does, but it's not producing enough downforce. So you realize um, tracks or racing circuits that you, you need a lot of downforce to you know, really get the car to work very well. They, they seem to be sluggish in that area. But when you get to tracks where it's all about horsepower and street lines be like Canada, you realize that they're able to just you know, be five, um, five tenths of a second ahead of Mercedes. And as, um, as um, uh-huh. Mercedes man said, this weekend and the next weekend, being Monza, those two tracks, Ferrari is coming to the party. Yeah, Ferrari, because historically they've been dominant here. Yeah, we know that Spa is one of the old school ones, like I said in my introduction. Inclement weather is something that Belgium has been known for. Wasn't there a time that for 20 years running, it was raining every single year? And 
for those who watch Belgium a lot, half the track is wet, half the track is, is dry. You know, and this is where um, um, Ferrari can be able to do something special, I feel. Now, let's go to the other side. No, there's somebody behind you. Okay. Oh. Who? No rain tomorrow, for sure. No, no rain tomorrow. No rain tomorrow. You check the weather. Okay. <laughs> Who? Red Bull. Okay, Gary, but I have a question for you. Red Bull, okay. I have a question for you. Team Red Bull. Team Botas. Team Botas. Now, I saw on my Twitter feed today that Mercedes had um, made sure to announce that he'll be there till 2020. As a Botas fan, I heard you say before we came on air that you are a sympathizer of Botas or something like that. Yeah. But a Mercedes fan. Yes, I'm a Mercedes fan. But a sympathizer of Buddha. How does that even work? Uh, it works. Well, you know, in, in, in Mercedes, in Mercedes, there, there, there are people who, would I say, worship Lewis Hamilton. So, in a way, they've carved uh, a space for themselves in the Mercedes family. And, you know, Formula One is a team sport. It's not a driver sport. It's a team sport. So, we also need to hold up the other driver to ensure that the team is working together. We always say Mercedes 1-2-1-2. One, two, one, two. If there was no Botas, well, how would we get a 2? So we, we also have to stand up for Botas. I mean, somebody has to stand up for Botas. Yeah, and it's not like Botas is not a good driver. Botas is a good driver. Mm. And I, I, I think if you look at the records and you look at what he's doing against Hamilton, who is supposed to be there all in all, then, I mean, he really is there because it's not like Hamilton is first and Botas is sixth. Hamilton is first, Bottas is second, right behind him. So that is a mark of a good driver. And for me, I wasn't surprised that Mercedes said we're going to keep him for 2020. I'm, I'm sure they would even take him in 2021 as the lead driver if Hamilton decides to go to wow. Ferrari. That would be a I big mean, one. The man is building the experience. Yes, okay. Yeah. Mm. That'd be a big one. So let's do this because tomorrow on the Joy Sports uh, link, link, we'll, we'll be dealing with the Belgian Grand Prix itself. And there's just one question we'll do and then we'll close the session. Who is the next phase of Formula One? Yep. I know this has gone on and on. I don't <laughs> want to talk about Bottas. I don't want to talk about um, uh, Sebastian Vettel, of course. The guys are letting Max, me know that Max we be Verstappen going this way. versus Charles Leclerc. So, oh, so who is taking Verstappen? Who is saying Leclerc? Leclerc. Verstappen. We have we a team, agree. team Verstappen. Let's hear you. <laughs> okay, you don't agree. Verstappen is awesome. He's the next generation. He really is. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Verstappen, Verstappen is, is the next phase for Formula 1. I really believe that. Because you can see, um, right now we have, um, with our current case, with swapping out Gasly and bringing album to um, Red Bull, um, you, can, you can see that, well, Red Bull, we are coming out on top right now. We are, we are coming out on top right now. So, yeah. It was quite unfortunate that Red Bull was not recognized anyway, but they know between themselves they know between themselves that Max Verstappen is something else to them. He's a nightmare to them. They know between themselves. When he's right behind you, he's something else. So I, I was a little bit like wow Ferrari and Mercedes, they were oh, well, they are the top though, and we are the underdogs, we are okay with that. But they know within themselves that we are the nightmare and now we have Alexander Albon to anyway on Sunday you have the chance to prove to us to what he can do more than Gasly so we are yet to see that 
Well, um, I, I know they are all saying Verstappen, but I beg to differ. I think it's Charles Leclerc because um, I did a bit of research and I realized back when they were karting and doing all their junior formula, apparently Charles Leclerc was always getting the better of Max Verstappen, getting under his skin a lot. And even if you take a look at the British Grand Prix, the way Leclerc was defending aggressively and beautifully against Max Verstappen, and you could you could see the, the the tension and the anger in Verstappen's style of driving because anytime he feels like he's done the move, then Leclerc just comes up yeah. ahead of him. So I think for me, Leclerc is the future, yeah. but uh, it's just going to be interesting. It's, <laughs> it's just going to be like Michael Schumacher, Mika Hakkinen, Alan Prost, Ayrton Senna. It's just going to be magnificent. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, okay, just one more then. So what you were saying about Leclerc, one thing I've realized is that Leclerc is too much emotional. He's, he's, very, he's very, going. Very, very emotional because I quite remember when Verstappen bypassed him some time back. He had a glitch. And after the race, his mood was just off. And even when you were pumping the champagne, he just took the thing out. And I think being a racer, I don't think you have to be so much emotionally attached because... It's a sport and also a race. <laughs> okay. Right, 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 right. So, just to, uh, yeah, Hans. I mean, I think that, you know, who is the next best thing to come in Formula 1 is a good discussion. But between the Clegg and, and, and Verstappen, we are looking at the rivalry in yesteryears uh, that had Nicky Lauda in hand. A similar rivalry is, 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 is likely it's to be up. You have a madman and um, a technician, if you like, <laughs> which, which really works. I think that Verstappen is very brave. He's the one person who attempted things that no other driver would even dare to attempt. And that makes him exciting. And I think as he grows up, a lot of the aggression is going to go down and make way for reason. And that is what is going to you know, get him very refined as a driver in for me, I see it as a next big thing for Formula 1. Right, so that's the preview to the 13th race of the season, the Belgian Grand Prix. Like uh, Kwabna said, it's at 1 p.m. Yep. and it's starting then. Now, quick news from today. After some early practice today, Ferrari, Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc were topping the timesheet. Vettel was just slightly faster than his teammate and almost a full second behind them were Aston Martin Red Bull. Racing's Max Verstappen in third, <laughs> and the team's newcomer Alex Albon in fourth as well. So, okay, we'll so be previewing we now more on the Joy Sports Link tomorrow at 12.15 with Nathaniel Ato and the rest of the team. The guys are arguing amongst themselves here, yeah, even though the microphones are off. <laughs> so, just so that we can close the discussion, another round, another shout from Team Red Bull. Let's hear you. Uh, team Red Bull, let's hear oh, you. Team, team Red Bull, you're supposed to be screaming like you had your driver winning. <laughs> team, team Red Bull! Team Red Bull! Ferrari! Team Ferrari! Mercedes! Team Mercedes! Okay, so... Guys, thank you so much. Many thanks to our partners, Labadi Beach Hotel, yeah. who we've just been told have partnered the F1 viewing party for the next three months or so in October, November, and also December. But on Sundays at Starbite, starts from 11, there's right. lunch, there's good drinks, there's lots of um, conversation, good banter, lots of teasing. Nobody should go home crying, you know. <laughs> oh, um, it's at Nesta Square <laughs> yeah. as well. So that's how we end our Formula 1 discussion, George. Formula 1, guys, thank you so much for coming. Uh, give, give yourselves the big ups there. Do, we, do yes. we have our friends from Promacidor Ghana here? Promacidor Ghana. 
Okay, very soon. I'm sure they'll join us and we'll get into it. But let's let's bring in Benedict Wusu and Hans Mensa Ando join us right now. Uh, uh, Hans had his bike there, Charlie. We're talking about the brain and the brawn. Hey, Charlie, we had <laughs> Hans, come close, come close. So we're going straight to the All Africa. I mean, the Africa Games. I must say. Yes, half an hour gone here on Joy ninety nine point seven FM. It's our Friday night show. We call it the first take. We like to have the first take on everything. We've had the first take on the Formula One discussion. Now we move on to some patriotic stuff, if I should put it that way. This week has been quite good and it's been ironic. It's been interesting to watch because if you listen to the rhetoric from the media, it looks as if Ghana's team at the African Games in Morocco has done so well. The fact on the matter is that in 2015, during the last games, Ghana finished with 19 medals. As we speak now, Ghana has 13 medals. But if you listen to the rhetoric in the last two days, the fervor of patriotism that swept around because of the 4 by 100 meter gold medal that came at the um, expense of Nigeria, you would feel as if Ghana was doing so well. I'll bring in hands, but George, what's your first take on this? Why does it feel that people are more impressed with this year's team than in 2015 when actually they are doing worse this time uh, okay so i know that the worst they'll say they'll try to look at it with the number of athletes they send or well, because in four years we send more athletes than we did this time and you look at the turnover but even away from the point i think that we as athletics fans are naturally biased to the sprints in quotes like yeah so the we, sprint as well yeah the sprints i think that the sprints has a big 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 impression or leaves a big impression on anyone who loves athletics so 100 meters four by 100 meters 200 meters but more for the sprints we love it and the way and manner the guys went about doing their job it was simply infectious when you watch the video, you watch the video again, you share it again, you tell your friend about it, and there was a good good feel factor about it. I think that was one. And again, the rush with which the medals started coming in. Yeah. I don't know how they planned it. <laughs> Maybe, uh, are you ready for the medals? Maybe they planned that they were going to give us the medals. Because it was gold, bronze, bronze, gold, bronze, gold, and then Silver. The, the guys did their thing. It was really, really good. So I think that's why we have become interested. Now remember... That as a country, athletics used to be a big thing for us. And I've always made this case about athletics and boxing. When we go back and look at the statistics, we have had better athletes in, 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 in times gone. And this should only tell us that if we invest more and spend some more time with these guys, they will do better. So for me, we're happy about it because... Of the feel-good factor about the sprints, how the how the how the medals came through, but more importantly, when you check the records and what we have been doing in sprint, I was seeing uh, Leo Miles Mills 9.9800 meters. That is that's a world-class time in 1999. Yeah. So we have been there before. We have been at a level before, and this is really good to see the boys, you know, going through. Uh, I'm sure Hans will have something to say about this. Yeah. So um, if you are joining us and you want to give us your First takes on Twitter, please use the hashtag first take. We are going to read your comments there. Hans, initial thoughts? So first take, um, if you look at the medal table for the 2019 Africa Games, you've got Egypt leading the pack. 99 gold medals. Check that. 99 gold medals for Egypt. They've got 96 silver, 69 bronze. A total of 264 medals. Okay. 
Nigeria are second. 44 gold medals, 30 silver medals, 47 bronze, 121 in total. You have to go all the way down to 15 to find Ghana. Two gold medals, two silver medals, nine bronze medals. What, what position are we in again? 15. 15. And I think that it puts things into proper perspective. Yes, George is right. Um, the buzz and the excitement is because of the sprint. Um, also because the focus came in the beginning that we had gone five days and drawn blank. No medal after five days of competitions. And then, and then suddenly, um, we bag a bronze here. I think three straight yep. from into me in, in the weightlifting. Three bronze medals straight and then it began to look promising. Suddenly, the 4 by 100 meters, Ghana beats Nigeria. And that is also another exciting point in all of this. The fact that we, wouldn't, we beat Nigeria to the, to the gold medal in the 4 by 100 meters relay. And everybody, the bars is all there. But if you go beyond the excitement of the 4 by 100 meters, the picture becomes clearer. And the picture is a look. Let's be realistic. In the final analysis, if you do a comparative analysis of Ghana's performance to Nigeria, to Egypt, to South Africa, to Algeria, to Morocco, our performance has been mediocre. Yeah. Look, two gold medals, two silver medals against 99 gold medals. If that is not mediocrity, I don't know what it is. So, I mean, yes, we can talk about the fact that there's been the emergence of new talent. We can talk about the fact that we've beaten Nigeria to the gold medal in the 4 by 100 meter relay. But the reality is that if you also look at the amount of talent, we've got an abundance of talent in this country. I'm sure everybody here can re- recollect that secondary school sprinter who are doing amazing times. Yeah. Yesterday, I looked at one of them during my time on Facebook. Kwame Akompo was part of the regional team. I was part of the regional team then. He had just won the top scorer in the Milo games for football. He was playing for Swedro All Blacks then, and he was dominating the sprint in secondary school. He went to the regionals and he dominated. He became, you know, the 100-meter champion. I looked him up and clearly he hasn't done anything with it. You know, he's, I think he's working in the media now. So, you ask yourself what happened? Cyril Ferguson was one of them. He ran for Ghana at the youth level. The last time I spoke to him, he's given up on it. The talent is here, but we are not doing a good job of nurturing and developing them. If we're doing a much better job our medal count, the gold medals will probably have ranged around 20s, 30s, which would have been okay. Yeah, sure. If you compare to 99. But two gold medals, two silver medals, nine bronze medals is simply not good enough. We need to buckle up. It is not good enough. Yes, we're excited, but let's go beyond the 4 by 100 meter relay and look at the reality. And the reality is that we've been mediocre at these games. So let's, let's look at some of the key highlights and the critical points of the athletics where Ghana has been concerned. Now, Joseph Amoa, who was or is one of the, the brightest kids on the block, where he's schooling, he was um, three-time athlete of the year. He had raced in five races in three days as at yesterday morning. And so even though he had qualified for the semi-final of the 200 meters, he retired and decided not to run again because he's tired. Also, because he's qualified already for the IAAF World Championships that are happening in Doha. So he wanted to rest his body, not risk an injury, so that he can perform better when he goes to the world. And that is what is happening there. 
Olympic Games. He's all, also what? He's also qualified for the Olympic Games as excellent, well. Excellent, excellent. So that is the story of Joseph Amoa, the Sean Safuenchi, there's Azameti. Azameti in particular is getting a lot of buzz on social media. You know why? Because, again, like Han said, a lot of people know him from the secondary school days and he's very popular at the university sports um, games as well. So he in particular was getting a lot of hype and buzz. Joseph Paul Amoa as well. All over Twitter, people were like, Joe Paul, they're calling him Joe Paul. So clearly, the template is there. But Joe, remind us of what is next for this athletics team as they go to the IWF World Championships in Doha. So, we, we may be excited about the gold medals and all, but you have to put things in perspective. And I said again, with athletics, it's not like football where you have a chance. If yeah. I'm faster than you, I'm faster than you. And you know it before Your you times came. Are no good. Your times the are times no are good. not good. Your times are not good. Your times are not good. So, uh, we're looking and doing the analysis. I think that the 4 by 100 team the male team needed to do a bit more uh, to have gotten into contention to get to qualify. I think from the individual angle, one or two of them may find a way through. We're still keeping taps on it. The deadline is the 7th of September, and after that, you cannot qualify anymore. Uh, all the athletes will be supplied in there. So we need to go to the IAAF and try and make things work out. I, I don't know. And again, that's why everybody's disappointed with the female 4 by 100 meters team, because... The hope the, was the on hope, them. They, that, I mean, they were actually the team to try and qualify. Actually, the team to try and work things out. Because uh, if you look at the times that they had already made in Africa, or even before they went for the competition, they were like a uh, number two. And so they just had pushed again, and maybe they go uh, number one and win gold. So it's a big disappointment in that. But I think that the individual athletes, those who get themselves into IWF, would know that they are up against the world's best. We're talking about... Um, crazy times that are being done right now. The IWF, we're talking about the Diamond Leagues ongoing in Zurich. There are records coming down. Uh, Lower Lyles doing his best. He says he's going to be in the 200 meters. We know there's Christian Coleman. There's uh, Andy DeGrasse in 100 meters. So it's going to be really, really tight. But I hope that whatever we're able to do when we get to the uh, IWF, we can try and uh, make Ghana proud. It won't, it won't be totally good news as it is. And so we shouldn't be too excited. You, you, you know me, I like to lay down the bare, bare, bare reality. Look, the time that we've recorded in the 4 by 100 meter relay, even with winning gold, won't get us anywhere close to a medal at the world. And that's the reality. Because you see, if you look at the quartet that ran for Ghana, none of them is making sub 10. None. And that, that's a worry. Yeah. You know, um, in, in, in top level sprinting, currently, if you're not doing sub 10, you're not doing anything really because there's a women who are doing the things. Shelly and Fraser Price is doing 10.7 something, and so if you're a male athlete yeah. and you're doing 10.3 something, you really you are not really doing anything special. And let's not kid ourselves, yes, basically in the relays, you simply need to get a baton to you, you know, your teammate, but the reality also is that you need to get it to him quickly, yeah, because that's, that's the whole idea, you know, and so. If you're coming up against somebody who has run sub-10 all through the season, even if you've got maybe a yard ahead of him, the likelihood is that he's going to surpass you. We've seen it. How Johan Blake for the Jamaican team went past, you know, other athletes and then handed to ball to finish. And so it's important. The times that our, our sprinters are recording is not good enough. They need to be getting the sub-10. It's very, very important. I think we should also try and, and keep it in the balance here so that we don't Looks like we're we, 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 yeah, we, we like we bashing them overly, yeah, you know. But he, he, Hans is making the point that yes, we're not close to medals, but 
there's always N plus one. So you'd have to look at what you can do first. Uh, for our guys, if they can qualify to the IAAF, it's, it's good to be at the World Championships. The next thing is you try and, you know, get the personal best. I know Ghanaians don't want to hear personal best because when you say personal best, you're like, now medals do what is personal best? <laughs> but for every athlete, you have to look at personal best because that's, that's where it starts. But you don't want to be doing personal best for eight years or ten years and every day you're talking about personal best. There has to be some improvement. So we know that Martha Bisa in the 2014, um, was it Youth Olympic Games? She was there. And she was there with the likes of um, Christian Coleman, the likes of Andy DeGrasse. Today we see them four years on, uh, Noah Lyles, four years on, five years on. They are now contenders to take um, over from Usain Bolt or from Gatlin, who was beating heavily you know, back there in Zurich. So we need to see the improvement. But I think let's take it easy. Guys, keep on, but don't waste too much time in staying and doing personal best. All right. So a question that we frequently got in the last couple of days was the fact that in the 4 by 100 meters, what was the order in which Ghana ran? What was the order? So it was Sean Safu Inchi who started and then um, gave it to Benjamin Azamati. And then we know that Joseph Amoa. And then finally, Martin Ousu Inchi was the command. So that is the order in which they ran. Um, a lot of people have been asking, especially on social media. So let's wrap up this discussion with the classification of the medals, the 13 medals, just as a point of information. Rosia Boa is one of Ghana's two gold medalists. She won a gold in a women's high jump. Now the Ghana 4x100 men's relay team, of course, won the gold. We have two medalists. Deborah Aqua won um, silver in the women's long jump. Now Deborah Aqua is interesting because it was she who dropped the baton for the 4x100 women. It was Deborah Aqua who, but 24 hours later, she got herself together and she was able to win the silver in her preferred event, which was the women's long jump. Forrester Osei also won silver. He won it in the men's 89-kilogram clean and jerk. That is a weight lifting. Now, all the rest were bronzes. So, anybody I mentioned from here on in is a bronze medalist. David Aquay won in weightlifting. Uh, Christian Amoa won three bronze medals, also in weightlifting. Winfred Intumi won three bronze medals in weightlifting as well. Grace Oboa won a bronze in the women's 400 meters and Shakul Hamed yesterday won a boxing bronze in that light heavyweight 81 kilogram division as well. So, weightlifting. Um, so, Benedict, um, Benedict will give us an idea of why we are quote-unquote dominant for our purposes. Why are we so good where our athletics and our, you know, um, African Games performances are concerned because in 2015 as well it was weightlifting that brought us the most medals. You know, weightlifting they normally go for a lot of competitions yeah. especially on the continent here in Africa so they are always out there participating in international competitions like the other federations so the exposure is there and normally when they get to these games because already the exposure is there and some of these guys are used to participating out there the nerves do not really get them unlike judo badminton where they will hardly will go out for international competitions they get there and you see i mean you see a lot of people around and it always becomes difficult to participate but weightlifting is totally different that's how come you see the likes of first or say and uh, you know into me always go out there and do very well the other ladies as well i mean this year alone we can talk about so many championships that they've attended on the continent they've won a lot of medals uh, at the recent African Weightlifting Championship, they won as many as 18 medals. 
which was very laudable and impressive. And so going to the African Games, you always are assured that weightlifting will definitely get you something. So one, I think, is the exposure that they do get by participating in a lot of competitions, which, of course, do help a lot. Because we've seen with most of the federations and even the athletes we are talking about. I mean, on, on a normal basis where you always get the athletes out there, and we've seen our athletes that are based in the U.S., when they come, they always give us what we want. I mean, we are talking about the girls disappointing. Remember that these are the same girls. I mean, two of the girls in this very, you know, team for the uh, 4 by 100 really won silver at the last edition of the African Games in the 4 by 100 uh, really women's event. You understand? They came second to Nigeria. I had Jumai Champon and uh, Flings uh, Owusu. And two of the ladies are in this very championship. They are based outside. They participate in competitions. There are lots of championships every time that they are participating in. So when they get to the games, it becomes so normal for them. Yeah. They are used to. So I think the exposure uh, is something we should pay attention to. And I'm very glad that we are talking about athletics today. I mean, there's a step for us to build on. Now we've all seen it. We've given loud attention to it, unlike previously at the last games. I mean, the buzz wasn't there, yeah. although they were winning medals. So now we just have to put in a lot more, build the capacity of these athletes. There's IWF coming, there are other championships coming. We've realized that if you pay attention to athletics, we'll get somewhere. The guys have done it. Chris Obo did it. You can talk about other athletes there. You understand? So let's just pay attention to athletics since we realized that it's one of the uh, you know disciplines that will win us medals we've talked about prioritizing our sports disciplines in this country and if over the years athletics is giving us medals why don't we add athletics to that of football and that of boxing and pumping a lot of money attention should be there build the capacity of these athletes and i believe that if you do that who knows maybe you might go to the iwf if not for this very one the next one and get some gold medal. Benedict with his first take here on Joy 99.7 FM. And you can have your first take also on our Facebook page where we are streaming live on our Facebook page, Joy um, 99.7 FM. We are live tweeting, obviously on Twitter. The hashtag is first take and the handle is Joy Sports GH. We can go into football because there's a lot to talk about. There's a bit of rumors ahead of the end of the transfer window, which is in a couple of days. In England, it's on the 2nd, uh, no, in Europe, part of Europe is on the 2nd of September. But today, the buzz in the last three hours has been about a man in red. United defender Chris Smalling, he's joined Roma on loan. And I feel sad for him because if he visited Ghana Twitter and Ghana Facebook, he'll be asking Bonnie Ben you know, what, what, what sin has he committed? There seems to be a massive rejoicing and merrymaking at the fact that he has gone. So what are the details? Um, he went for three million. That's it. Smalling, um, he will he will get the Serie A side to pay United three million euros or 2.7 million pounds to keep the player for one year. Don't forget that Smalling has spent nine seasons at Old Trafford. He's won the league twice, but have fallen out of favour under the boss, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We'll now be joined by our guys from Pro Macedor. If you saw our promo, we had them arguing about, you know, Chelsea and Man United and all that. But before we go to them, Hans, remind us about why one soldier would want a, def- a defender to go, even though he doesn't have a lot of cover, and why 
um, Smalling is despised so much by United fans? I think for Manchester United fans, you know, um, they are still hanging on to the past. And when I say the past, I'm referring to the sort of centre pass that they've had in the past. In, you know, Vidic and Rio Ferdinand in West Brown and the Gary Nevels and the Jeff Stams. I think that the current generation of Manchester United fans have been so used to a certain kind of characters that if you don't fit that character, you're going to come in for youth criticism. You must be passionate, you must be seen to be fighting for the club and actually fight for the club. And so if there is any hint that you are not fighting enough for the club, you are going to be despised. It's simple. Look, it is so bad even for a player like Dimitar Bebato. Who won the, the, the Premier League Golden Boot? He was scoring. He wasn't light because he wasn't playing with passion. Plain and simple. They, they need a certain kind of character. You need to connect with the fans in a certain way. And for Chris Smalling, it's become worse also because of the period that United find themselves in. And so, in a period where they are struggling, if you are not seen to be really fighting for the club, then you are going to have problems. It's not alone. Look at Paul Pogba. He was United's top scorer last season. And yet... He's probably the most hated player at Manchester United now. So, it's not really about whether you are scoring or whether you are defending. You must be seen to be doing it. If the, the fans get a, get a sense that you are not doing enough, then you are going to be in trouble. I think that also, if you look at the dynamics in terms of the options that United have got at centre-back, coupled with the fact that Social really wants to look ahead into the future, wants to build a team, if you um, bear any semblance to the past, you are likely to be chopped off. It's, it's that simple. And and for Chris Smalling, he's been there for quite a while. You know, he won, what, two Premier League titles before Alex Ferguson retired. And so he belongs to the old order. He's gradually facing out players that he feels are, who belong to the past, and then will try to rejuvenate with young players. Oh, and he's become a victim of that, that, that policy at Manchester United that Social wants to employ. I don't think that he's been as bad as people think. Even for Phil Jones. I thought that, look, on any day, he's one of the players I can count on to really fight. He's been hampered by injuries, which has affected his form. But we all saw Phil Jones when he was on form. He would, he would put his head on the, on the chopping block for Manchester United, literally, you know. But he suffered because of the injuries and he's not turning out consistent performer. Instead of the fans barking him, he's rather, you know, receiving the criticism. So, um, it's all well and good. It's interesting to see how he's going to perform. You know, at AS Roma, but um, I hope that United are not making a mistake because if you look at their injury list currently, if you look at their injury list, they could find themselves in trouble with this move. No, I, you see, Hans, the explanation is perfect, but this is a poisonous policy because if Manchester United have looked at what's happening to the club, they are getting players out and they are not getting the replacement. So, Romelu Lukaku. 42 goals, 96 appearances. Guy goes out. Who is the replacement? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you, um, let me finish. You want answer straight away. You are the PRO. Straight away. You want answer the pr- straight away. Who is the replacement of Romelu Lukaku? Okay, so here's what is happening. United feel that irrespective of who they bring in, uh-huh. they won't be able to compete against the top teams now. Look, irrespective of who they bring, they can't compete against it. They can't compete against it. So why we keep the team? I'm coming. I'm coming. So it's a case of to live further, you need to take steps backwards. Uh-huh. So they want to take their time with replacement. Look, 
until they feel that this player is perfect. They are not really looking at replacement. So bear in mind. Okay. They are not looking at replacing players. They are looking at rebuilding. They are looking at rebuilding. Mm. And that is where they are now. And mm. On some level, it makes sense. And it's what? true. Where are the... Look, so, so, so who, like, who really? Where are the rebuilding blocks? Because I see... Where are the rebuilding blocks? So because I think they are being meticulous Harry about Maguire, it. So this is a rebuilding. Harry Maguire. Yeah. Lendelof. Yeah. Wambisaka. Daniel James. Rebuilding. Rebuilding. Yeah. Matic. <laughs> Herrera. Eventually. PSG. Okay. Eventually. Pogba. Eventually. Rebuilding. Hold it. Rashford. Hold it. Martial. But that's what I'm saying. Re- this rebuilding that's, is problematic. That's what I'm saying. That this is, is a- that's what I said. Yeah, that. so don't it's don't, a case so of, as a match team at the front, you have to bash them. Oh no. You don't you don't rebuild no, no, by no. becoming a Leicester City or an Everton. Well to become the you Manchester, become Manchester United, United again. It's taking too long. Okay, so let me let me situate this in a historical context. To become Manchester United again, they have got to become a Leicester City if you like. Or lower. How many years? Because historically it happened. They had Mad, Mad Basby come to spend so much time at the club, achieve so much success. And when he left, it was chaos until Sir Alex Ferguson emerged. And I think that they realized that they are at that point. No matter who they bring in. And look, if you look at Manchester United, right, bring in Lionel Messi, it won't work. It won't change much. Isn't it a case of you don't have the right guys in charge? In the coach and in I, the I, and in the yes. Ed Woodward. Eventually, you don't have the right guys in, in charge. We'll get because even if you give me the Manchester United team, who is playing number 10? Jesse Lingard? Eventually. Matter? Eventually. Eventually, we are going to come to that conversation. For Solskjaer, I want to see one full season. For all the criticism, I think he's on the right track. Look, and again, I'll come back to the same point. Sign whoever you want to sign. It won't change. Why? Because the team is not ready to compete. I think people are eager to see the Manchester United of old. What we fail to realize is that the Manchester United of old was built over time. Let's go back to Sales Ferguson's early years. And but the rumor that at the point is he would have been sacked. Hans, but these are Even these are Guardiola. We are in the as, 21st century. Oh, you will not be given that course. time to build any team anywhere. Then again. United won't become the United of old again. Then United may very well become like Arsenal. At best, it will never become the United. Because, because this rebuilding, Pep, you see, this rebuilding I'm talking about. Even the fans in the stands at Old Trafford cannot see the team go down that way. Well, they and have as, to as enjoy speak, it. As you speak, your uh, most uh, dependable uh, midfielder is Pogba. Unless if he doesn't play, unless you, you don't know the club you are supporting in a historical. Which club is it? Well, it's United Rebuilding. Let's wait and see how it goes. We have been but waiting for... How, I when like did the start? fact that... When I, Alex Ferguson left, uh-huh. Manchester United fans have been waiting and waiting. And this rebuilding process is even getting longer than Kwesi Abdi has rebuilding now. George, hold it. Let, let, me, let me clarify something here. United haven't been rebuilding after Sir Alex Ferguson. They made the mistake of thinking they could compete when they have not actually built the team. No, you can't compete. Look at the points gap, even when United was second to City. It was a near 20-point gap, even when you were second. Now it's worse. I'm coming. Look at the point gap now. Okay? Between United, when the players were set last season, and Liverpool, and Manchester City. I can't even recollect how many points it is. So what do you want to do? Can you make up close to 30 points within a season? You can't. Right of this season. As far, look, as far as I'm concerned, as a United fan, you have to write off the season. You need to take positives from other factors. How well are the young players gelling? Are individual players improving? How is it translating in the collective? What will be the step from last season and this season in terms of moving forward? Those are the pointers you need to look at. If United are thinking about competing against City and Liverpool, they are making a huge mistake because at this moment, Manchester United cannot compete against Liverpool and City. 
not even Todiam Hospital. That is as low as the club has sunk. And that is the reality. But this, There's nothing you can do about it. You have to rebuild. You see, but this is going to be very difficult. Wait, if Manchester United are saying that at this point, you have a defender who is the most expensive in English Premier League. You have a Pogba. Uh, okay, you help me. Better help me. Because the kind of the kind of purchases you are making, or like in the last two seasons, Paul Pogba, how much did it cost you? Harry Maguire, how much did it cost you? Look at the players you were looking to take. Bruno Fernandes. You were, you were really looking to get players in. You, were, you wanted to get Manzukic in. I'm saying, so that, so that, I'm saying, so that, <laughs> so that the Manchester United fans don't get confused. Because it may look that you, at this stage, oh, we are rebuilding. But really in the transfer market, they were looking at competing. Okay. That's why they were going for the players. They were looking for the replacement. They didn't have the bargaining power. George, it's one thing. It's compete. a different thing. Then say that you are rebuilding. I'm, I'm you are coming. rebuilding. I've been it's, rebuilding all these years. It's one, it's one thing competing in the transfer market. Of course, that United have the financial muscle. It is another thing competing on the field of play and on the league table. Look, United have bought Harry Maguire for what? 85 million pounds. He signed a five-year contract. That for me tells me that they are looking ahead. Paul Pogba, I would have worked that they, are, they would have offloaded Paul Pogba because look, in, yes, what difference is he making really? With Paul Pogba, you play sick, you are likely to, to maintain the sick position. Still with Paul Pogba. So really, what difference is he making? If the purchases in the transfer market is aimed at competing, then they are mistaken. Look, the purchases for Manchester United at this moment should look along the lines of Daniel Dean. Young players who are promising, who will grow and become like, like what beaters. It was, look, you can sign a 90 million. It's not about the price tag. It's about what they eventually become as a collective. That is the most important. You want them to go the Liverpool way? No, but that's the reality. That is the reality. What, even for Pep Guardiola. Oh, the old, George, 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 let me finish. Let, let me finish. They were close winning the title twice though. They were close. And, 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 and yes, it's, it's very, very tricky. You see, in this 21st century, in Manchester United fans are saying that we want the time to rebuild a team like Sir Alex Ferguson did. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, it would never happen. That time would not be granted Manchester United to rebuild a team because the pressure and the demands. Uh, before you finish rebuilding the team, you sack the coach and sack everybody because you can't stay. And Manchester United of all teams, to show you that it's not the Manchester United of all this, you are sacking coaches left and right. And George. only Ghana Sosha. George, if it continues this way, you know it. George, I so, so the, hold on. This is this is the first thing on Joy FM. It's been five minutes of back and forth, and this. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.